Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Marnie, I just want to give you a little heads up uh, so that you don't hate Christian and I because... We are not being sensitive towards what is going on in the world right now. The episode that you're about to listen to was recorded a few weeks ago. So, you know, curtain drawn back and you know our little tricks now, but um, we recorded these before anything was happening in the world. So just know that we're not being totally insensitive and totally blind to what's going on in the world. We know that it's an extremely pressing and surreal time right now, and we want each of you to be safe, but we also want you to be entertained and armed for when all of this is over, because dating is still happening. We just saw tons of articles that saying that people are going onto their apps, app usage is surging, and people are going on and trying to date even though they can't be close to each other. So this information that we're sharing with you, please try to tweak it a little bit so that you can use it for modern times. All right, I'll let you listen to the show now. If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you are not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way, I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with. Like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills. And those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see. And that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have one of our favorite guests back with us and we can see his face because we're using a new program for recording these shows that lets us actually see the people that we're talking to. And he's got a great head of hair. Patrick James is back on our show and he's talking to us about approaching groups of women, whether they're 20, they're 30, they're 40, or they're 50. And he also gives us some really amazing tools on how to train yourself to be calm, cool, and collected. And actually, cool is the huge word here, which you'll hear about in the second half of the show. So keep listening. Hey, welcome to the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source. I haven't said that in a really long time. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with your other host, Marty Kinris. And we have a return guest with us today, Patrick James from Raw Dating Advice. Hey, what's going on? What's up? I'm excited for this. Been looking forward to this all week. 
You All look month. excited. All week. Jeez, you have yeah. nothing else going on in your life. I need to like, <laughs> I, I'm trying to get better at time management. And so today you can't see it, but I literally made a calendar. And the first thing I filled in was podcast with Marnie at 3 p.m. my time, 2 p.m. your guys' time. That would be awesome if my name was also on that note. Marnie <laughs> and Kristen. <laughs> Kirsten. I, yes. I never want to get it wrong. Kirsten or Kristen. You ever have people say Kirsten and you get pissed off at them? No, just you, but I'm, I am pissed at you. But no one oh. usually does it. <laughs> no. no, no one I ever goes They will go Christina a lot, which I like because I feel like that's my alter ego. Like I'm confident as a Christina. You know, yeah, so, I could see uh, that. Yeah, it's like a whole different person. Maybe you should just introduce yourself. You. Yeah, you should just start introducing yourself that way. I'm Christina. I thought about it. You totally could. Awesome. So Patrick James, I don't really know if we've done a proper introduction for you because most of the people that are listening to the show have heard you on here before. We've had you on a couple of times. You are the author of, is it 107 Proven Ways or 101? Proven Ways to Get the Girl, 107. To Get the Girl. And I actually can give you a special link to go get that, winggirlmethod.com slash Patrick J. And you can get a free copy of that book. But let's talk to him first to see if you actually want a copy of his book. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk about approaching groups of women. So I've, I've read Patrick's book, not the whole thing, I'll be honest, but a lot of it, mainly the parts that were about sexual tension, which I thought were just absolutely like phenomenal and really well-written and step-by-step guidance, amazing. The other part that I did read was about approaching groups. So I would love to hear from you. What's your tactic, your technique, your style, your mindset for approaching a group of women? First, you just bing, 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 shoot all the ones you don't want. <laughs> Yeah. Get them out of the way. Eliminate the group altogether. Exactly. Until you have one left. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that might be one strategy to try. But first off, I want to say I'm actually like flattered that you've actually read part of the book. You say you didn't finish it, but I have a bookshelf behind me and I don't know, I probably got hundreds <laughs> of books on there. And I haven't even op- opened up half of them. So the fact that you've opened up my book says something. <laughs> yeah. And uh I am the same way. Yours just boring. happened to be really easy to consume. So <laughs> I'm not telling people how well-read I am. I'm just saying that I really liked your book. It, it kept me interested and engaged. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure what chapter it was, but I definitely have a lot of thoughts that I feel differ than what most people might recommend. Because what I think of uh, approaching a group of girls and I think about like talking about that topic, immediately my mind shoots back to like the old school, the game, the mystery method and all that. And I believe that kind of the way I've found it naturally, because I didn't come up as a pickup artist, I just was a guy who needed to take massive action to improve my dating life. And so what I developed in this book was a little bit just my own style. And then obviously, I refined it over time. And one of the key differences is like back in the day, they might say, go up to a group of girls. Like If you have a group of girls and there's one of the girls that you're interested in, old school advice might be like, approach the whole group and then ignore the one that you like. And when she says something, you tease her about something. So she, you feel like you're putting her below the rest of the group. I don't personally vibe with that. I've gone out and I approached dozens of groups of girls in one night. And I've done that many, many times. And what I just personally like to do, I'm more of a straight shooter. If I see a girl I like, I'll roll up and I'll talk to her right off the bat. But obviously the key here is the group, right? And so rather than only zeroing in on this one girl and ignoring her three or four friends that might be sitting at the table too, I'm going to talk to the whole group, engage the whole group and get everybody involved in the conversation. Because I mean, you guys can clarify this more than anybody, but if a guy rolls up and he's interested in one of the girls, but 
you and none of the other girls in your group approve that guy, he's probably not going to have a chance with her for very long. Well, Kristen, why don't you speak to that for a second? Because I'm actually trying to dissect it. Is it that we don't approve of the guy or that we ourselves are not attracted to him? So then we don't want him to engage with our friend? What What is it? Like, so when a guy approaches a group, when do you not want him talking to your girlfriends? I would say from the get-go, because I'm insecure. <laughs> okay. There is some truth to that. I'm not totally serious. However, the thing is, when guys approach a group of girls, they may not realize it, but they're driving a wedge between all of these bitches. And now so-and-so's maybe not feeling the vibe with this chick because she's getting all the attention. And then this girl's in a bad mood because she's ignored again. So I think that men have to walk a really, really fine, careful line. But they're also, that's not their concern. They don't care who they're offending. But if a guy comes up to say me and one other girl and he's talking to her, that's kind of frustrating or offensive just because you're like, wow, I feel like the ugly duckling right now. But if he's going to walk up to a group of maybe five girls or something, it's less direct. It's less of a, I'm not talking to you because I like her. It's, I'm not talking to all of you because I like her. So it's a little less abrasive or something like that. Yeah. It's like less of a punch in the gut when it's like, oh, you have no interest. I remember I used to go out with my friend Jody all the time. And like Jody's, she has a special look that guys love. Like we walked down the street once and she was telling me how she feels so unattractive. And then like literally two seconds later, a guy bent over and started bowing at her feet. Like, like she's, she's that pretty. It's like it would bother me to go out with her because she would get approached all the time. And not that I was just trying to have her attention, but it made me feel like shit. And so I didn't enjoy going out with her and I would give like death stares to the guys that were approaching or even try to like engage them in some way so I could be a part of it because they would seem to forget me a lot of the time. And most of the time, she wasn't really interested in those guys either. So she'd be able to break it off and get back to me. But if she was really interested in one of those guys, I'm sure that she would just sort of let me go to the curb if she was really interested. But yeah, but (laughs) I love like what Patrick was saying. Like you do, you kind of want to engage the group to just like sort of manage the group so that there aren't like rockets and bombs that they're throwing your way that could potentially stop any connection from happening. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just good social dynamics in general. We roll up to a group of girls. They're like a team, especially because these days my girlfriend doesn't even want to walk the dog in the city at night by herself. Right. And so girls, they, they operate on the buddy system. And obviously you guys preach into the choir here. Right. But just good social dynamics. Talk to the whole group, because like Kristen was saying, like you were saying, it brings up these feelings, I assume. Right. Being on the outside looking in that you feel like, oh, I'm not acknowledging your existence or I'm trying to steal your friend away from you. And if you were looking forward to hanging out with your friend, it's not going to be likely that you're going to willingly just let us ride off into the night with you just kind of sitting there not saying a damn thing. So just from the sake of me being accepted into the group and having better chances with the girl I am interested in, I'm going to get her friends to like me too. Yeah. And that's the thing is that there's the future involved because if you happen to rub one of them the wrong way, and then you end up dating that girl, her friend may never like you. You may never win her over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, how much does that really matter? Like, if the girl likes you, does it really matter if you didn't win over her friend? It doesn't. But at the same time, if we're talking about younger girls, 
it does matter more so, I think, than if someone my age or something like that. But if she's 22, 25, and she's really into her friend's opinions and all that kind of stuff, she might go, well, you know, my friends don't really like him. And you're just not putting all the luck on your side, really, when you're doing that. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What would you say the majority of guys that are listening to this podcast right now are, are looking for, right? Are they are they wanting to go out to bars and nightclubs and approach the 22-year-old girl? Or are they into maybe a little bit older and wiser women? Because I've noticed a little bit of the differences in like the age and we can get into that. Um, but I guess I'm just curious on like, what are the goals of the guys listening? Well, both actually, exactly what you just said. There's some even older men who want to go out and meet younger women who are in their 20s who are like 40 years old. And there's some guys who do want to go out with women who are 35 plus or between 35 and 45. So it's a mix. So I'd love to hear your opinion on both groups if it is different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the impression I get from even just talking to you, you ladies, right, is that you guys obviously have preferences and opinions on a lot of this stuff because you've just been in the dating game for a lot longer and you kind of know what you like and what you don't like and why you don't like it. And when I was going out and just heavily approaching women basically every day, I have a girlfriend right now. And so I'm not approaching dozens of women every day like as I was, much. but as much, you know, <laughs> only, only on Tuesdays. But <laughs> when I used to go out, I noticed that the girls, once they crossed about 28 ish, they seem to be more self-assured, more confident in themselves. They don't care about the validation of this random dude who's talking to her friend and vice versa. If I approached a girl and she was a little bit older, maybe she was in her young thirties and we were, had chemistry more often than not, I, I would be confident that that girl would be willing to leave her friends if she wanted to go home with me, or she'd be willing to hang out with me and give me her number. But the younger girls, they're like short attention span. Oh, drinks, drinks, frat guy. And so it's just, I think what I noticed was just a little bit of a difference in maturity. And so if you're going for the younger 20 girls, I think that'll definitely be where you're running into, you know, you got to win the group over, especially with them, because I've had girls that are 22 years old. This is their first year in the bar. And they're like, oh, my friend's talking to a guy. Let me go cock block him just for the sake of continuing this night without guys. So I don't know. That's just kind of the differences I've noticed with the age and the maturity levels, you know? Yeah, I I would say that's very true. So what is your approach with the younger girls so that you don't lose their attention span and you can become a part of their night? Walk me through what it looks like to go and approach a group of 20-something girls versus a group of 30-something girls. Yeah. So first off, I think this is a good question because my answer might not be what you were expecting. But with me, I feel like I've reached a point, at least just in my life, I'm 29 years old, going on 30, where I'm pretty confident in myself and what I want, what I don't want, even in women. And so when I approach a girl, whether or not she's young 20s or young 30s or even older, and she's with a group or one person or many people, I'm going up to her because it's an expression of the good time already I'm already having. And if I genuinely want to attract this girl and I find her attractive from a distance, I'm going to go up because I just want to explore the chemistry and see if there's any chemistry there. And honestly, at this point in my life, if I met a girl who she can't even think past what she just watched on TikTok today and her friends are like, you know, short attention span and pulling her away just for the sake of pulling her away, it's probably not the type of girl I want anyways, right? I would rather have a girl who's more self-assured and if she likes guys, she wants to be able to talk to them. But that said, regardless of who I'm approaching, I'm going to pay attention to the group dynamics and just have general good social dynamics from there. So if it's a group, obviously I'm going to engage the group because more often than not, if you don't talk to her friends, their friends are going to pull her away, especially if it's in a hectic environment. But if she's by herself or if she's with one other person, 
And I guess that depends on the size of the group. Because if you're with one other girl, right? And if I take one girl away, now that girl's left by herself and girls don't want to be by themselves. But if she's with like 10 girls and it's a bachelorette party, nobody's going to notice if one girl out of the 10 is missing. So differs on the size of the group and who she's with. Yeah. If Christine isn't there. Yeah. (laughs) So how do you even do it to begin with? Because it's like all of this is actually once you get past the barrier of entry. So what do you do to get past that barrier of entry? Yeah. Literally, I'll walk up and anytime I approach a girl, group or not group, I want to make sure that she's at least seen me approaching her, like walking up to her. And I don't, don't want to just come up behind and go, hey, what's up? And just surprise her. So more often than not, I will probably approach from where she can actually just, you know, without effort, see me coming. Okay, wait, I'm cutting you off there. I'm so glad that you just said that. I talked about on the last podcast we just did that I went skiing and I had to ride with people in the chairlift that I didn't know, all, you know, which was fine. But then I went to the bar and was by myself again. And a guy approached me. And I usually don't get approached too often in public, but he came from behind. And I only knew he was maybe going to approach me because when I sat at the bar and I looked around, he looked at me and then kind of you could tell was talking to his friend and kind of pointing at me. And so I had an idea of like, okay, this guy might eventually come talk to me. And so I was sitting and he was in a position where it was really hard to get in front of me because the bar was basically just one line and I was kind of looking to the right and he was coming from the left. And if he came from the right, he would have had to do like a full swoop and it would have been a natural because that's the end of the bar. There's nothing over there. It's not like there's a table that he's sitting at or a door he's coming in from. So he decided to come up from behind. And it did kind of scare me and it made me awkward and my face went red instantly. And then his face went red because it was just like... a, And I could feel this like nervousness and I wasn't nervous. I could care less to talk to him, but it was just because it scared me. So what would he have done in that situation if you can't get them to see you? So worst case, if you have to approach this girl from behind, bare minimum, I'm always going to like extend my hand out, keep me at a distance, at least arm length. And I just tap very innocent on the back of her shoulder and I go, hey, excuse me, excuse me. And I make sure she turns around first before I start, start opening my mouth. The only thing I'll say is, excuse me, excuse me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it was like the angle he came in at, it was, he was like, hi. Ah, and it was like a clown kind of jumping up. Yeah. And or even yeah. worse, if he came up behind you and he was like a little mosquito and you're like, hey, hey, what's going on? You know, and he's just like hesitant in his voice and he was speaking with a low tone. I've seen a lot of guys struggle with that, uh, especially in a loud nightclub. A girl won't even notice that you're trying to talk to her if you kind of whisper under your breath like that, too. Right. I want you to continue. So what's your typical? Because I love everything that you guys just said. So you will go up and you'll make sure that she can see you first. So like you already have a vibe with a girl. You see her, she sees you, and therefore you know whether or not this is going to go okay, at least for the first five seconds, right? Like when you are in that moment, what is it that you're seeing? You're seeing her looking at you and smiling? It can be smiling. There's been times where I rolled up to a group of girls at a bar. It's more like a lounge type of bar, kind of like in the crazy, stupid love where everybody's kind of dressed up and there's a DJ and hip hop music. So I've specifically, I remember approaching a girl and she saw me and we made eye contact and she actually smiled. And I was going to approach her anyways before she saw me and smiled. So I just went right up to her. And I think going back to your story, Kristen, what I immediately don't necessarily like that the guy did, and I'm not sure of the timeline, but if he was talking to his buddy about approaching you and then minutes later decided to approach you, I think that's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. No, it was definitely the almost like a stalker creeper vibe. Even though he was a nice guy, it was like, okay, I have a feeling I want to talk to this girl, but now I have to work up the courage and I'm going to hang around a little bit. And I could feel that. So it was probably 10 minutes after. 
that he came up to me. And that it played out exactly how that is. So anytime I see a girl and I get the instinct that I want to approach her, I just do it, you know, speed of implementation, because I found that at least for me, if I wait longer than three to five seconds and my brain is just going to come up with excuses and not do it in that time. So I just do it. And so whether I'm, I'm approaching a girl, I'm going to try to make sure she at least makes eye contact with me while I'm approaching her or right before I'm approaching her. And if she smiles, even if she doesn't, I'm still going to roll up. And so what do I say in that moment? What I've noticed is that depending on how my internal state is in that first five to 10 seconds, it's really going to dictate if this girl is down to talk to me or not. Because if I roll up and I'm grounded and I'm sure of myself and I'm sure of the words I'm speaking, she's going to feel that, right? And so going back to Kristen's story, if that guy had approached you, even if he waited, all right, let's say nothing changed, but when he approached you from behind and you turned around and your your face got flushed red, if his face didn't react to your face turning flushed red and he turned flushed red, and if he was just like calm, cool, collected, and he was like, hey, I saw you from across the bar and I was a little bit nervous about approaching you, but I finally, he wanted to come over here and say, what's up? How's it going? And his face wasn't like an emotional reaction to you being off put and he was just more sure of himself. You would have at least followed his lead for the next few seconds to see, okay, should I keep talking to this guy or not? But because he immediately reacted and wasn't sure of himself and you could tell because his face got red, it immediately put you off. And so control your internal state. If you're a guy listening to this, wondering how to talk about you know, approach a girl and what to say in the first five seconds. What doesn't matter is what you say. What does matter is how you feel internally because she's going to feel that too. Right, right. Well, he, he had a line that I normally wouldn't recommend and I understand that he was nervous because I don't usually tell guys, in my opinion, to go based off of looks or make comments on if you think a girl's beautiful necessarily. But he had seen, he said, so his face turned red and then I was like, oh, hey, sorry, you know, because I just, because it kind of caught me off guard. And he's like, oh no, it, I saw you at the chairlift and you had um, really pretty eyes and I wanted to say hi. And so it was like sweet and stuff. And I know that he probably did just see my eyes because I was wearing a face mask essentially and all you could see was my eyes. And so it was endearing, even though I normally would say don't go for the looks comment. What do you do besides... Well, that's not looks. That's a little bit different. Well, not looks necessarily, but he was like, you have beautiful eyes. And I wanted to tell you, you have beautiful eyes. If he had said, like, made the joke, like, kind of how I just said, like, I couldn't really see anything but your eyes. So I just wanted to say, like, you know, they were really pretty, even though I'm sure other things underneath the mask was pretty. That might have stuck with me more. Because it was more authentic, right? Because the way you said it, it was like, hey, I was creeping on you three hours ago when you were on the chairlift and now I'm finally talking to you. But if he would have said what you said, which is like, hey, I I noticed your eyes on the chairlift because honestly, that was the only thing I could see because everything else was covered. He's being more authentic to where he's actually coming from. And And I think that's the biggest thing. You can't know, like, and trust someone, especially if he's a stranger approaching you, unless he's being authentic to the moment. Right. If he's hiding his words or he's trying to put like a shine a turd, if you would, <laughs> then it's not going to come across right. Right. But in his defense, I do have beautiful eyes. So <laughs> makes sense. I want to take a quick break and then I want to come <laughs> back and talk about how you can be authentic because. I think for some people that takes time to not react and have a red face. Like that's just an an immediate reaction. So I want to hear maybe from you if you have some pointers on how people can learn to be more emotionally calm and stable in situations like this. So we'll be back in a minute with Patrick James. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. NASCAR is back and BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports to still get in on. 
You can bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC, or even participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're all calling the final dance. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Pretty much everyone is now ordering groceries online and having them delivered. And you can get high quality, organic, non-GMO groceries delivered to your door for a lot less than you're paying now. And at the same time, help out families in need, which is pretty awesome. And that's something you can drop in with the ladies. I have been doing that, well, with the men, ever since I became a member of Thrive Market, which tailors to 70 different diets. I didn't even know there were 70 different diets. And the shopping experience was pretty easy. If you guys know me, you know I'm a little bit on the lazy side. This, I did not procrastinate at all. It was one and done, super easy. And then maybe three days at the most later, I got some goodies in the mail. Try Thrive Market and become a member risk-free. It's not like jumping out of an airplane, people. Go to thrivemarket.com askwomen. Join today and you'll get up to $20 in shopping credit toward your first order. That's pretty amazing. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash askwomen to start your risk-free membership and get up to $20 toward your first order. thrivemarket.com slash askwomen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As you know by now, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health by starting Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I've already dropped about 18 pounds, and I'm not the only one. Kendrick Perkins is down about 30 pounds, and we're just two of 11,000 who found the solution for weight loss. No gym, no medication, no tricks, or gimmicks. Awaken 180, a combination of science, nutrition, and expert one-on-one coach. If you have weight to lose, I recommend you call Paige and her team. You'll lose weight starting the first week and each and every week until you get to your ideal weight. Awaken 180, six locations, but during this lockdown, they're starting client virtual, the same program from the comforts of your home. Simply log in to awaken180weightloss.com. Fill out the form online and start your weight loss transformation. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, the official weight loss program for the Boston Red Sox.
All right, we are back with Patrick James and Kristen, my lovely co-host. I want to dive into how can guys not react the way that this guy reacted, whether he's approaching a group or an individual, like how does he hold his cool? Because you said that it's about internally how he feels about himself. Listen, I feel pretty good about myself most of the time, but there are moments where I am caught off guard and I can feel my face getting red and my heart starts pounding fast because sometimes there are moments where like I don't feel as on it. So how can you either override that feeling and cover it up in a graceful way so that you can still be seen as authentic? Or how do you work towards not feeling that as often? Yeah. So I'll give you kind of like the theoretical answer and the actual practical answer, because I think they both will help these guys understand really where I'm coming from. So bear with me on this one. So what causes something to have more gravity, more of a gravitational pull towards it, like the earth? Is this a scientific question? I don't, I'm trying trying to go back to... So, So the earth is the size of the earth. And if it's bigger, it has more gravity, more pull towards it, right? And so I want you to understand that size has more pull towards it, right? And so if you think about yourself and your charisma and and the amount of a magnetic pull you have coming towards you, rather than gravity and size being the thing that has more pulls towards you, the only thing that keeps you small and weighs you down, right, is the amount of fucks you give. Right. And so if you're giving too much fucks about this girl approving of you, of impressing your buddy who you told you're going to approach her, it's going to come across because he gave too much of a fuck about getting her approval in that moment. If he truly didn't care, he would have rolled up and said whatever the fuck he wanted to say. And if she got embarrassed or nervous or off put, he would have been like, whatever. I was just having a good time anyways. Right. And so one, I would say practice being more carefree. Now, how do you do that? Well, read one book I I would definitely recommend reading is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the major things that I got out of the book is I need to stop worrying about the things that I can't control, the things within my circle of influence or zone of influence, as he likes to say. And so I practice this. I journal this. Like If I'm worried, if I'm stressing out, I'll just brain dump everything that's stressing me out. And then I'll go through individually everything I wrote down and I go, all right, do I have control over this? Can I directly influence change or control this thing that's stressing me out? If it's a no, which 70% of the time it's a no, I can't control that directly, then I just take a deep breath and let it go. And so me practicing that every few months, just on a journal or something like that, even if you just do it once, it gives you good perspective on what you should and shouldn't emotionally, viscerally have reactions to. So yeah. that, that's the first one. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, go on to number two. Second thing is you got to be able to handle tension. And this comes back to what this whole book is about. You mentioned you love the part where I talk about how tension is the building block to attraction and getting a girl attracted to you. Well, there's already tension between men and women. It's natural, masculine versus feminine energy. And so you don't have to create the tension. You just got to amplify it in ways that we talk about in this book and ways that we're talking about in this podcast, right? But the thing is, if the tension gets raised up. Most guys aren't used to feeling tension, sexual tension in a way that actually attracts women. And because of that, they get embarrassed. Their face gets flushed red. And so you have to practice handling tension. That way, when it comes up in the moment, you've already practiced it. You can deal with it. You can bask in it like it's no big deal. And so for me, what really helped me, especially when I was starting out and really getting used to approaching a lot of women was I would start taking cold showers. And I hate cold showers. I take steaming hot showers most of the time. But when I gave myself the challenge of just only turning the knob a little bit so it's freezing cold and it doesn't get warm, that anxiety that I feel right before getting in the shower is the same anxiety that you would feel right before you want to approach a really hot girl because you don't want to do it. And so just simply practicing 
getting in the shower and like decreasing the time between the uh, the time I turn on the shower and the time I actually get in will help decrease the time between you get the idea to approach a girl and the time you actually do it. But then when you're in the shower, what's worse than having all that sexual tension with women and not being able to bask in it is having all that cold water beating down on your body and you just want to go, ah, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. And so what I would do is I would get in and I would just stay calm, cool, collected. I would find a spot on the wall and I would just hold strong, dominant, yet relaxed eye contact. And I even smirk. But I do this while the cold water is beating down on my body. And I would force myself <laughs> to look natural while it's happening. I love that. From far away, if someone was just watching, I'd think, wow, that's a serial killer right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> that man can kill. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, I wouldn't recommend doing this with your woman. Why? I, okay, so I actually went to go get a haircut about a month and a half ago, and my hairdresser was saying that he had just started doing that. He he took one of the buckets from like the side of the highway, you know those plastic buckets? He stole one, and he has now taken it to his house, and he fills it with like cold water and leaves it out overnight, and then like has, has like ice that he puts into it every single morning. So at five o'clock in the morning, he goes, and he, I forget whose theory it is. It's like a, th- a thing to do, and he goes and sits in it for 20 minutes every single day. Well, I think it might be related to stoicism, which is actually something that I talked about on my other podcast, Kristen and Chill. A friend of mine is super into the stoicism philosophy, which I had no idea what that meant. He kept saying stoicism and I just thought like... Maybe that was the name. Okay. It must be. And he would say a lot about it. And I just kept thinking he meant like he was stoic. He was a stoic person, but that I didn't realize it's actually a philosophy. And Marcus Aurelius is the philosopher kind of man of it. And they recommend doing things that I think are uncomfortable. I don't know necessarily exactly what I'm talking about, but one of the things that they recommend is doing the cold shower and they do these exercises and they recommend these exercises as a way to essentially like show that you made it through this cold shower, you can do anything kind of thing. Like it's basically a way to prove to yourself that this was uncomfortable, but I survived and here I am on the other side. Now go implement that into other areas of your life. Yeah, which I love. So I started doing that as well. And it's exactly like like you guys have just outlined. Like it really does, first of all, like wakes up every sensory button in your entire body. And you have that moment where you're like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Then you do it. And then you're in there like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Then you breathe through it, you smile and you stay in it. I've only worked up to about three minutes of doing it. I can't do it for longer Three than minutes. that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like 15 seconds and I thought that was like a... Oh, I really? Can't you do three minutes. Yeah. Patrick, well, how long can you do? Yeah. How long do you stay in there for? I used to just take the whole shower cold, but then oh. I got out of the habit. Now I like to do it just one minute at a time. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. Like I worked up to three minutes, but it's good for your joints. Anyway, I love what Patrick is saying because you are learning to deal with discomfort and like in, in a very safe space, right? So if you can deal with that discomfort and you can calm it down by finding tools, which is like focusing on a wall, smiling, breathing, you can take those tools and apply them to real life and then start practicing in that space. So it's like just becoming aware of this uncomfortable feeling and not giving into it and letting it overwhelm you you take a different tactic where you're like, how can I combat this? And then you can slowly start applying it to your interactions with women, your approaches with women. And then slowly over time, it becomes easier. And like I said, that even, you know, to this day, I still get caught off guard every once in a while. 
and turn red and my heart beats fast. But I think that that is going to happen for most people. It's about how you deal with that during that moment. So in the past, I would just let it shut me down completely and not allow me to showcase who I am. Now my tool in those moments is to announce the elephant where I say out loud, oh my God, I'm so nervous talking to you right now. Or, oh, I'm skipping over my words or whatever it is that's like my authenticity, my authentic thoughts. I let it come out of my mouth and that like deflates things a little bit for me and then gets me to calm down a little bit more. So I think all of these like tactics and tools that we're talking about right now are are excellent for anybody who does have any kind of approach anxiety. Let's go back to the approaching the group again. So when you do see this woman, you approach her straight on, you get over the flush of your face if it happens, or you're emotionally strong. What do you do next when you're approaching the group? Are we talking about like the first things I say or kind of like what's the next steps? Yeah. Where I come yeah. yeah. So first things you say, I'm curious. First things you'd say. Okay. So it, it depends on how I'm feeling that night. If I'm feeling extra swaggy, if I'm just feeling extra confident that night. I'll just roll up and say, Hey, what's up? You know, it doesn't even matter. And because I'm just so sure of myself, if I can roll up, hold dominant eye contact and be like, Hey, do you roll up in an actual car? Yeah. Sometimes I like to ride dirty <laughs> too. And I lean back and I just like yeah. bump, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Get a little uh, bicycle or something, just roll up. Yeah. Other yeah, times you just as a somersault into the group and say, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah physical roll. Yeah. Physical yeah. roll. Okay. So you say, Hey, what's up? And then the conversation starts. Okay. And then do you usually yeah. lead the conversation or do you join in on their conversation? I'll lead the conversation because the conversation is basically new. I added a new dynamic by inserting myself into it. That's like nine times out of 10 if I'm just on like a 10 level of confidence, right? But most of the time, if I'm just feeling normal, average, I'll just roll up and make a light observation or I'll just literally say the first thing that comes to my mind. And this is an actual challenge I give myself, right? Because oftentimes if I want to approach a girl, it might take 10 to 20 steps to get there. And the worst thing that I can do in that 10 to 20 steps is think of the perfect first thing to say when I finally get there. And so a long time ago, I started just practicing getting in the habit of just being like, I have no clue what I'm going to say, but something's going to pop into my mind when she makes eye contact with me and I'm going to say it. Right. And so I just kind of allow myself that freedom. Sometimes the more shocking, the better because it, it was congruent to you in the moment. And, and that's all you can ask. Right. We were talking about authenticity. If I'm saying the first thing that ro- comes into my mind when I roll up right and dirty, then <laughs> more often than not, it, it'll at least give me the opportunity to kind of like a, a plane landing. If it's a little bumpy, I can just ride it out until I can make it a little bit less awkward. Yeah. I- I love that. I actually appreciate that because I'm all about the authenticity. And I think if you go up and you don't have anything prepared, but you play with the fact that you don't have anything prepared too, if like nothing's coming to you and you just own like nothing's coming to me. Like I think just owning that, it's authentic. Yeah. I kind of find that funny too. Like even if a person were to say like... "Ah." Like, like, there's nothing coming up out of my mouth right now. Like that, I thought I would think of something by the time I came up to you. Like those things are super cute. Like even the comment that Kristen said that that guy made about her eyes, I actually found that authentic. But I, I really do think it's what you do with that conversation afterwards. Like the opening line, it's not that important. It doesn't, it may set a tone for a second, but you can replace that tone pretty easily and recover from it. It's about how you follow up. When he said, really liked your eyes, I was like, oh, thanks. They're fake. <laughs> like I did, like I, and it threw him off. And I could tell he just was like, you know, ah, what do I say? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm kidding. But I, you know, so I kind of had to readjust for him because I could tell he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. 
Do you feel like that since you have stand-up comedy experience and you've written jokes before that you're a little bit more quick-witted than most of the guys who talk to you? Yeah, and I actually feel bad because they don't know that coming up to me. And so especially if a guy comes up maybe with a line ready to go that... Well, maybe not even ready to go, but just a good line. And then I equal it or do better than it. He just instantly is like, ah, it's, he thought he was like Rambo coming in with machine guns. And all of a sudden I'm like Hiroshima, like with bombs, you know, and it's like, whoa, 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 I thought I had the shit. And so it does kind of throw him off. And I think sometimes I'm not getting approached all the time, but when I do, I can kind of pick and choose when to give them a break in a sense. Like that guy, because I knew he was coming up to me and he did come around like my shoulder and it kind of threw me off. I didn't mind making him uncomfortable with the, oh, they're fake comment. But some other guys, like I would go, oh, I I feel sorry. I don't want to make them think that they're not on their game. So I won't throw in the, the zingers and let them kind of think that they're in control in a way. So you hold back the zingers on purpose because you want to give these guys a chance? Is what you're saying? Not so much give them a chance, but because I feel bad. Mm. Like, I don't want them to feel embarrassed. Got it. Do you find that because you're a dating coach, you give dating advice, you have a podcast about dating advice, that you tend to be more critical of guys who approach you or you give them more of the benefit of the doubt? I'm definitely more critical, but I don't express that. I'm not like, oh, that was terrible. But really, it's hard for me because all I want to say is, oh, good job. That was really good. Like, I, you know, <laughs> or, oh, uh, you know, that could have been better. And then that would really throw them off and really make them feel bad. So I tend to not try to indulge the, the judgment side and just let it go. But yeah, the first thing that comes to my head is, is to say, like, oh, you, you know what? That would have worked if, mm-hmm. but I don't. Have you ever thought about handing out like business cards with your podcasts on it? I kind of have, but you know, it's like I- I'm I'm not into doing things that take energy. That just would take a lot of energy. And first of all, you know, business cards, eh, you know, they're like very so 10 years ago kind of thing. So no, but I do think guys would get offended in a sense. Cause really? I have been on Tinder and I have on there of occasionally I'm not dating right now, but when I do have my Tinder profile up or my one of my dating apps up. I toggle between whether or not I include, I help guys talk to women or not including it. And so when I find that I do include it, I get a response of almost like, oh, you're just on here for the business and guys are defensive. Yeah. But then when I don't include it, they don't really know what they're up against. And so they're kind of going in blind. So I never really know what to do with this information. And and then like this guy who approached me at the mountain, I was like, once we're done, do I then go, by the way, I do this. So if you want help, here's my Instagram. Yeah. But it's a tricky yeah. place to be when you're dating, but also teaching people to date. So while you were just describing that, I was trying to put myself in the position of someone on the opposite end of that. And if I was reading your Tinder profile and it said, I teach guys how to talk to women and I wasn't dating a dating coach myself, I feel like I would be somewhat intimidated in a sense where I would just, I feel like it would be more of a project that I'm willing to take on because I don't know what your motive is. Right. But if I had approached you and I crashed and burned, but you made me at the end of the conversation feel like, Hey, it's not that bad that you crashed and burned. In fact, I have a whole podcast that gives you advice on how to do it. Here's my business card. You should check it out. And if you want to keep up with me, you can follow me too. Right. And, and if I'm a guy who I still have a crush on you and I'm still competitive and I want to feel like I want to 
try to win this dating coach over now. Now it's like an intriguing challenge. And I feel like you could get more clients that way and also more dates that way who are just following you and trying to get in your pants. Totally. I agree. Good business strategy. I actually did it for one guy. And I talked about it before on a podcast with Marnie, I think a couple months ago. But yeah, I, this guy was just bombing. He was he was so bad in his texting because I gave him my number from Tinder because in his profile it was like, we had a lot in common. He looked cute. And I kind of just gave him the benefit of the doubt. I thought, eh, I'll just give him my number, get off Tinder quick, which I normally don't do. And he was wretched. It was like he was just sending meme after meme after meme and like trying to make me laugh and da da da. So I just basically said, listen, I've never done this before. If you want to tell me to F off, I get it. But I teach guys essentially how to banter with women online. And you're really bad, but you have potential to be really good. And so if you want, I would love to like give you some pointers. And I thought he was going to come back with a F you, who do you think you are kind of thing. But he was way open-minded, super into it. And I get, went like did a whole lesson with him, and now we still actually text, but more as friends. Like he was like, "When you're in the area, just let me know." And you're super cool. I'd love to, you know, introduce you to my circle of friends. He's an actor and stuff like that. So it did end up working out somewhat, but uh, it was very beneficial for him. And I think that this could be a lesson in just like being honest with people, you know. So even if you're not a dating coach or something, and something doesn't work out, you can maybe say, "I, I don't know how to angle it to not be an asshole." If you're not a dating coach, but just to say. I think you're awesome and I want you to succeed in dating. Maybe here's ways you could improve. I don't know if you could say that though. I don't know. Did you ever go on a date with that guy? No, I didn't. And it's not that it's ruled out. I'm just really not dating right now and I'm not interested. And so if it kind of came to it, yeah, I would go on a date with him most likely because my initial reaction to him was, oh, he's cute and he seems cool and he's got a lot going for him and that kind of thing. Mm. Mm, very yeah. honest. Anyway, very honest. All right. We are going to wrap up our show now. But Patrick, thank you so much for coming back on and sharing all those amazing tips about mindset, how to get over those fears, how to remain calm, cool, and collected, and especially how to approach a group of women, whether they're 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings, or 50-somethings. I think you gave really good information and guidance for the guys who are, are listening. And if you want to get a copy of Patrick's book, go to winggirlmethod.com slash Patrick J and you will get a free copy, correct? Of the book, I forget. It is free. Just cover shipping and handling and I'll ship a book, a physical book, just like this. Damn, that's amazing. You can can hear the book, hear the book. That's amazing. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. They also go on YouTube the next day around noonish Pacific time, youtube.com slash Marnie Kinris. I also have like about 400 other videos on there that you can watch and you can listen to the to all other episodes of our Ask Women podcast on there as well. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. No, I'm jumping in. I'm not letting Marnie end this. I had a special request from a guy who did banter stuff with me and um, really wanted a shout out on our podcast. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. And so Shout it out. I said, if you text me at like X time on Wednesday, I'll remember to give you a shout out. So he just texted me. And so shout out to Alex. Very responsible to remember to text me. Because <laughs> yeah, we talked like, I don't know, it was like a week and a half ago and I didn't think he'd remember. He remembered. So Alex is awesome. He's one of our listeners and he loves the show. If you're like Alex... Give us a five-star review on iTunes. Yeah. Give him a shout out the next time at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I was going to and then I forgot because I was so distracted with Patrick's handsomeness. That's oh, true. His you. hair is very, very nice. I know. I off. like that we can see each other now. It makes it the so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It is a fresh cut. The show is over now. Shout outs, roll-ups, <laughs> whatever else is happening on the show is completed. Fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. 